Hi guys, it's Andian. Thanks today for downloading or streaming yet another episode of Spoken Label. As you may or may not be aware, Spoken Label was started in the beginning of 2006, and currently we have well over 150 sessions recorded and sent. Although you can find it on various networks, the full archive is available for streaming and downloading at Spoken label full stop bandcamp.com. It is a free download or free stream in there, but obviously, if you feel like chucking me a few pennies that way, it'd be eternally grateful to help me keep this podcast going and keep improving my equipment, etc. Enjoy, speak to you soon. Bye bye. Spoken label, it's Andy N. Spoken label back in the house, I'm back on Zoom. And we're back to my second favourite country in the world today, actually. We're back over to Ireland. I've not spoken to a lovely Irish poet for ages. And a lady I've got with me today is, and this is through Beth Kenyon of Flying the War Press, who's recommended this lady to me. And what I'm not Walsh Donnelly doesn't realise is, Bella's actually turned around and told me she's one of the funniest ladies she's ever spoke to. So I'm not quite sure what that means, like Anne is um, a stand-up comic or just a very, very good writer. <laughs> but and start with seriously would you like to introduce yourself to everybody tell them obviously what part of Ireland you're from and what's down to have your creativity and we'll take it from there great thanks thanks Andy for having me um Ireland's only the second favorite country I thought that Ireland would be your most favorite country I'm a bit <laughs> upset about that now. but anyway I'll, 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 I'll forgive you this time um no thanks seriously uh thanks for having me um, I'm from, well, I'm originally from southeast of Ireland, but I'm living now in the west of Ireland in Mayo for the last 26 years. So, um, so that, that's where I'm, I'm living. Um, I came here 26 years ago to, to work uh, in a third level college and uh, hadn't, didn't intend to stay long. And of course, then I met a man and fell in love and got married and Still here, haven't got the man anymore, but um, oh dear. <laughs> still here with, 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 with the two kids. The, the 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 best part of the marriage is the two kids, so they're teenagers now. I'm about to say, I know one of them, I know you've got a daughter, haven't you? So is it two daughters mm. or is it one of each? I have a, I have a son, he's 19. Ah, right. The daughter is, is 16, going on 16. Oh, she, blimey. <laughs> the boss in the house, you know. Um, so, so yeah, so, so they're great, they're, they're, they're doing great. Um, so yeah, just how did I start writing? I started writing nine years ago now. Time is flying. Um, it seems like yesterday. And it's, I suppose it started off kind of a therapeutic thing, really. I was going through the, the separation, my marital separation. And um, what it was actually my daughter that actually, I suppose, inspired me to start writing because what happened was she was, what age was she? eight at the time maybe around eight yeah eight and uh, she, she when when she used to write poems for people like if she was sending a birthday card say for example to her father she'd write a little poem it was beautiful like I have some beautiful poems that she's written me as well with all that innocence of the child you know what I mean like just oh gorgeous so she was writing one and actually was to her father and um there was someone else who had, who had been in my life at, at the time who was um extremely supportive of me and I wanted to to give her something to thank her and 
And so anyway, I wrote her a poem, basically. And that's how it started. And uh, it was just the process of writing the poem for me at the time, because what was happening was I was so stressed about the marriage breakup. I was waking up every morning at half five, couldn't get back to sleep. And I thought, which well, look, I'm awake, I might as well write a poem. And that's that's basically what happened is I, I found I, I was I would start writing and the time flew, of course, when you're doing something you enjoy. And it was just that process of actually putting words down on the page, playing around with them, trying to get the right word in the right order on the page. Just just that I just loved it. I just loved the, you know, not not just the venting of emotions and oh poor me. It was just more playing with the words and, and seeing how they looked on the page and how I could rearrange them or, you know, even like, did I pick the right word to express that emotion? You know, So just the whole, I, I love the process and that's how it started. And that was nine years ago. Wow. And uh, I'm still at it. <laughs> did you find then when, um, when you started writing, was there any writers you really liked at the time? Or did all just come straight from the heart and it came, it built up from there really? Well, I have to confess, um, before I started writing poetry and I hated poetry, absolutely hated poetry in school, hated it with a passion. <laughs> like, OK, the only poet I did like in, in, in school was Patrick Kavanagh. But apart from that, I, I, because, you know, because in school, like it's kind of like you're, you're analysing it and you have to write an exam on it. And, you know, what's the imagery here? What's the poet trying to say? And I just oh, I just I just hated it. So I never, I didn't read poetry, um, you know, till I was in my 40s, really. And um, and then I started writing. I said, well, geez, like, you know, I'm writing it. So I better start reading poetry to see <laughs> if I'm, you know, if what I'm doing is is anyway resembling a, a poem at all. Because I was sure they weren't poems. I thought they're not really poems. This is my thing, like, for years. Um, <laughs> so I just thought, OK, I have to read poems because I'm not, you know, if I want to learn how to write a poem, I should really be reading other other poets work to see and then I spent years I actually started writing poetry and then I stopped because I thought it was useless at it and I went on to write short stories but I spent years trying to find poets that write that wrote like me because I thought if I could find someone that wrote a bit like me then I'd know I was writing poetry <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah I, I didn't think I was writing poetry and um so, and then I did about 20 years ago now, but four years ago, I did an online course and someone on the course said to me, your poems are very like Billy Collins. And I had never heard of Billy Collins. Not at that <laughs> point, of course, <laughs> yeah. I was about poetry. Um, so I Googled Billy Collins and I thought, yeah, actually, and like, he's, a, he's like a, a brilliant poet, like, you know. Oh, yeah. It was American <laughs> Poet Laureate for quite, American Poet, American poet Laureate for quite some time. Was, I thought, yeah. well, like, Oh, here's yeah. a guy that like is a really good poet. So if someone thinks I'm writing like him, I must be writing poetry. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, so yeah. So I I read a lot. I've I, you know I've discovered an awful lot of poets since then, and it, my kind of my taste changes an awful lot because it's very funny. When I did start writing and, and reading poetry, um, it is very different than now. Like Mary Oliver, I couldn't stand her poetry when I started writing poetry. Sorry now, don't kill me. But <laughs> I, should, I love her now. Like that's the thing. Because you know? I've changed myself. Um, and you know, her poetry is very spiritual. So it really speaks to me now. But like four years ago, I was like, oh, you know, can't be dealing with that. So, uh, yeah. So my, my taste in poetry has changed over the years. I'm like, well, my own poetry has changed too. But, but yeah, I think kind of like it was only kind of three four years ago when I started doing 
engaging with other poets and, and doing courses that I actually thought, God, yeah, they are actually they are, they are actually poems that I'm writing. <laughs> it took me that long to kind of realize <laughs> that these are actually poems and you're writing like fair play to you. Brilliant. Because, like, you know, I was used to William Butler Yeats and all that, which is that brilliant. Like, but it's just, it, that wasn't like, you know, like I'm not a landscape type poet. Like I do actually more so now write more about nature and landscapes. But like in the beginning, they weren't like that. They were all like like really dark and gruesome. And, I think um, you find that I've come across so many writers like that. I'm in the start of sometimes. I was like that. I've been mm. writing since I was 10, really, or 11. And properly since I was 28, 29. And my very early adult pieces are incredibly miserable things. And you find out you're like, you're just so angry about them, weren't you? And it just, I think it just changes over time sometimes naturally. So, have you have you found out of yourself or your work over time? That's it. Do you think you've calmed down a lot or it just progressed, does it? Oh, yeah. Like it's, it's changed massively. Like I actually, it's like someone said to me a couple of years back, a friend of mine, and she said to me, you're actually, what you're doing is you're documenting your life in your poems. And I can, like, looking back now, I can see the, I can see the, the, the development in it, in the work, both, well, both as a poet in terms of the art and the craft of it, but also in terms of what comes up in my poetry. And uh, it's kind of funny because, like, the chapbook um, and, and the, the, the collection coming out in May, are for the most part quite personal but I have a new I have a new collection written now it's it hasn't been gone anywhere it hasn't gone to a publisher yet or anything but it's wow. written and it's total fiction <laughs> to, not and there's not there's not a bit of me in it well maybe there is but it's, it's a character it's total fiction but it's like it's like as if and someone says to me before sometimes you have to clear your throat you know so you have to get all the shite out and all the personal woe is me <laughs> stuff out and then you'll probably start writing actual real good work you know? yeah i think it's a, there is a cleansing mechanism straight away as well yeah definitely that. yeah yeah so so yeah there, like there's a very there's a huge there's a huge growth like at the beginning it was a lot of dark stuff and um and then the, the chat book the the woman with now tattoo is very it's it's totally like it's all about my my coming out journey it's about my growth since my marriage ended and then coming out as being gay in my 50s so that's like it's a very specific um collection about a specific moment in my life yeah 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 i get it completely should we talk about your chapbook then your debut part of chapbook then before we come on to the forthcoming collection mm. yeah. I'd, like it's an i want to know all about this straight away so a woman with an owl tattoo now first of all Who's the woman with the owl tattoo? Is that yourself or is it somebody else? <laughs> well, that, well, that's so funny because when I when I launched the book here in, in Mayo and um, apparently, now someone told me afterwards, but apparently at the launch, people were trying to figure out where my tattoo was. <laughs> Literally like, <laughs> is it on her bow? Is it on her arm? <laughs> I don't have a tattoo. I don't have a tattoo. Now, having said that, I did want to get one couple of years back but my kids wouldn't let me so <laughs> i wasn't <laughs> sure <laughs> i wasn't sure with the title on that whether it's a spin on the girl with a dragon tattoo or something <laughs> no what happened was what happened was um i wrote a story or not i wrote, I wrote a poem in in the book and in the poem in, in the book is about someone who has a, a dragon tattoo on their Thing. Now that's not me either, but um, 
But when we were just trying to decide, myself and Isabel were trying to decide well, what, what the cover was going to be like, what the title was going to be. And it was funny because we both wanted Owl in some shape or form on the cover. And then we were, we were kind of messing around with the idea of tattoo as well. And then we didn't want to go, do you know there's that book, what's it called? The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah, Isn't there yeah. a book called that? Yeah. yeah, there is, yeah. So obviously we couldn't, we couldn't go with Dragon Tattoo then. We couldn't <laughs> go with Girl. So we just kind of, I don't know, just we just came up with the woman with an owl tattoo because, yeah, that's, that's so there's no, there's no woman with an owl, actually, but having said that, there is a woman with an owl tattoo. I just discovered on Twitter a couple of weeks back, would you believe this woman, I can't remember her name, but she's following me on Twitter, but she has a, a gorgeous tattoo on her arm. It's gorgeous. And she, I, she, I don't know how she came across me, but she's like, she's kind of like, not mad, which is, she was she's writing the book and she was going to use the woman with an owl tattoo as the name of her book, but she can't now because I've already taken it. <laughs> oh no but way. I can't remember her name. But um if she's listening, um yeah, she's a fabulous tattoo because she she got my book and she has she had a photo on Instagram of her tattoo with the book. It's, oh, it's gorgeous. So yeah, so <laughs> someone else has, but it's not me. Though I might still get one. Depends. When I was a kid, <laughs> to, to let me have one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you can get rid of them both, basically, can't you? So, then when they when they both moved out, uh, the night after the second one goes straight out the tattooist of Andrew. <laughs> <I was doing. laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! That's oh. great. Now, it's like, yeah. did you find them over? How did it compare then? Obviously, because we know you we're talking about your new collection as well, or does? And I'll let you go for that in a minute, but. <laughs> How did the writing process for both these these chapbook and book compare? Yeah, it was the 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 the, the chapbook um, poem specifically written over a two year time span, and it was literally what was happening was even though I didn't realise at the time was that as I was processing something about being gay, I was writing the poems, you know. So like it was very much like writing the poems in the moment, you know. Um, so it's kind of just that particular kind of two two year period, whereas with odd as f asterisk ck, um, which is a full collection sixty something poems in it, this is interesting because there's actually a poem in it. One of the first poems I wrote back in twenty twelve, and it was uh, maybe the second or third poem I wrote. It's actually about my mother, and um, she lost her her parents um, as a teenager and she, she was she was the oldest in a family of six. So yeah, um, so that was one of the first poems I wrote and that's actually in, in the new collection. So the poems range from, you know, from the last nine years. Um, most of them are probably written the last four to five years. Um, but it was kind of, yeah, I, know, like, I just had some, I had like, oh, I don't know, many, maybe 150 poems kind of lying around and, looking at them and seeing what could I do with them and you know um could they form a collection and whatnot so that they kind of just yeah it kind of went from it's broader than than the owl and it it's it's covering really well how do I describe it it's hard to describe it it's it's I suppose about pain and growth and ultimately it's about you know life is messy but it's okay and you can get through it so there are some dark poems. There's some very funny poems. I have my favorite part is the the last the last ten poems are just hilarious. They're tongue in cheek. It's me Perfect. imagining 
different things speaking to me like uh, mouse <laughs> or hedge or surfboard or um so yeah I just kind of went mad with that and just had a had fun just kind of thinking of what maybe an eel might say to me or a Ford Fiesta would say to me. So nice, great. I think it's great. Eh? Yeah, oh, but like there, is, there is kind of, there's a, a message behind them. Like, a, you know, on the surface, it looks a bit mad, but there's actually kind of a deeper message going on there in those poems. So, um, so yeah, and a poem's about ageing. I haven't got many poems about being gay in it, really, because I've kind of done that, you know, in, yeah. in the owl. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, the, and there's, there's, there's kind of, poems about spirituality and my kind of my own journey in terms of my faith journey and and um you know c- coming to know god or whatever you want to call god the divine or, or the spirit whatever whatever you want phrase you want to use everybody uses something different but um yeah coming to kind of know the higher power so yeah and there's a lot of loss and there's a lot of grief in it there's um there's there's there's, there's a lot of poems about um what i call inherited grief and what i mean by, by that is about um how the grief of others have affected me particularly my mother's grief and the fact that she she lost her parents at a young age and how that affected me you know and like I, I never met her mother obviously um and yet I feel this this connection to her and um the lot my mother's loss like you know that it had impacted on my life hugely and I didn't realize that till I started writing how much it had impacted on my life and not that I was it was ever intended, but it's, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, kind of growing up and and, and seeing. I, I could see my mother's pain, like, and I don't. She doesn't even know that, you know. Um, but it was just kind of it was there in our house, even though it was just there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, completely. So yeah, so I have a lot of poems about that in the collection. You know, my relationship with that and um, other people's pain that the other people that I'm close to who have suffered tremendous grief as well. Um, I've actually dedicated the book to um, I've dedicated it to to mothers who have lost children and children who have lost mothers. Great, great, yeah, great. Shows, I know, yeah. I know, I know both. I and and I've seen the horrendous um, grief that losing a parent and also the grief of a parent losing a child. How utterly devastating it, it is, um, and that has that has impacted a lot on me. Um, so I have poems, you know, about about that, about that loss. Apart from my own loss as well, in terms of losing my marriage. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. completely. Yeah, you've see, you sound like you've covered a lot of ground with this, but it's all personal to yourself, and I think that's important as a writer, anyway. Because I think as a writer, you've got to be honest to yourself. Even I think if you hide it, there's got me. I mean, there's got to be something you can relate to, hasn't there? I think with it. Yeah, like I, I kind of, you know, some people kind of, um, they, they, they kind of. I don't know what you say, they, they kind of, not criticise, but they kind of maybe scorn the this idea of conf- confessional poetry. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, if you, if you can write a poem, like my personal experiences or your personal experience, in a sense, we're, we're not that very different. You know, we all have the same experiences in one form or another. So the thing of poetry is if you can make your poem, per, you know, personal, but universal, so that it's not all about, oh, poor me, but it's like, someone else will read it and, and they will, they can, it'll resonate with them and they'll get something. So it's, it's that, it's that thing about crafting your work so that other people can relate to it, you know? Yeah, and, and even those who say, you know, oh, you shouldn't be going on about your own problems or whatever else or confession of poetry. I think even no matter what we write, we always bring something 
of ourselves into yeah. the work anyway. You can't both not, you know. So yeah, uh, no, I agree, I agree completely with you there on that one. So totally like I think it is you've got you, you automatically do, and I don't think you people not you may not realise sometimes you're doing it. But there is got to be that sort of trigger there. You know, good luck with it, definitely. So. Now, I know, obviously, your, book, your launch is due, um, your book's due out on the 14th of May. Podcasts, unfortunately, will be out a little bit later in that. But what plans do you have then in relation to a run-up? Have you got, like, a launch happening, have you? Or... Yeah, well, it's very different than the last time. You know? Oh, yeah, completely, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, and it, there's just pros and cons to it. Like, the last time, obviously, I had a physical launch, and that was wonderful. And I, I, I'm lucky that I've, ha- I've had that experience of having a physical launch because it's not the, it's beautiful like to have be in a room with your friends and uh, and do your thing and read your, your book and whatever else. Um, but having said that, it's it's very stressful having a physical launch. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. really is. Oh, yeah. Nobody tells you, like, nobody tells you that. Like, you know, when you're writing and, and, and like, oh, there's this lovely, I have a lovely book and I'm going to launch it and I'm going to be wonderful and blah, blah, blah. But nobody tells you about the feckin' stress that's involved because oh. it's getting ready and then worry in case nobody's going to turn up and nobody's going to buy your book. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's like, yeah. it's like I'll having a party. It's, like, it's actually like having a wedding. It's because all these things you have to think about. So, um, so in one sense, I'm kind of thinking, well, do you know what? This maybe it'll be less stressful because it's on Zoom. I don't have to have a room. Um, or to bring people or feed them or you know what what yeah. not or what about if anybody turns up or not because it's oh on. yeah <laughs> and I, I agree I agree I do I've I've done live Zoom readings hosting them and, and they've got guests myself and it's it's just a different environment in it altogether hmm. um, the, the commute the commute home like, the commute commute you know, homes a bug of mine you isn't it? it in one way in one way it's less stressful it, it's you yeah. know it's going to be less stressful in one way. Um, and uh, you know, I I I'll enjoy it, uh, but I think I would still miss that physical, that, that you know, looking at the audience and, and seeing the reaction. It's not even actually looking because you can look on Zoom, but you can actually feel when you're in a room with people. There's something you can feel something in in. You can actually feel it. It's not just I, I can't describe it, but it's like you just play off the audience. If if you get the audience with you, common with you, and most times like literary events, audiences are brilliant. You just feed off that. It's it's a it's a it's a, an interaction, you know. Um, and you feed off the the audiences um, how they're receiving the work. So I probably missed that part of it. I'm kind of thinking I'm just depending on restrictions here in in Ireland. I would love to have even one or two friends in the garden. <laughs> oh no, it's <laughs> just, you, just, just can't and a barbecue. But I don't know. Oh. Like at the moment, that's not that's not going to happen at the moment with with the way things are here. But um, but yeah, like you know, it is what it is. Uh, hopefully, at some stage, I might be able to have a physical launch, you know, next year. Please God. Um, but yeah, so I, we're going for a Zoom launch and uh, going to try and make it as fun as possible. And um, kind of myself and Isabel are throwing ideas around. We might kind of have little spot prizes or maybe see if people can guess the poems I'm going to read and maybe get a prize. And I'm going to have this thing about like you know. Um, the, the put put up the the, the co- table of contents and like tell me what poem you want me to read and then the one that gets the most votes it's a bit risky now that um <laughs> doing that but just <laughs> it's just to have a bit of second fun because yeah you know like we have like jesus like we all need a laugh and we need fun oh, so right, i'm the trying moment, to yeah. i'm hopefully going to make um as fun as possible in really? the circumstances oh yeah really? so, yeah i'm looking forward to it 
Yeah. No, yeah. definitely should be good fun. Wish you all the best of it. Now, you were hinting before, so I like to, as we get to the end of this now, I like to finish up with obviously asking writers what do they have planned next. But I know you've already mm. got your next collection done, haven't you? So you've not submitted it round yet. So I don't want to give too much away in that yet. So we'll just be careful what we say there. But hopefully, hopefully in a year or two's time, you'll have your next collection out. So is that what is what is that a novel you've done this time? Is it or is it? It's yeah. It's I I don't know what to call it to be honest. It's I, I suppose what I, what I, the nearest thing I can say it's it's um it's an a, a novella in verse. So it's mm. it's um it wouldn't be full size. Like it it it, it could be it, you know I don't know whether to call it a verse novella or a poetry collection. It'll be about the size of a poetry collection, but it's not. It's a story. I'm telling a story through. Um, and actually, it's a hybrid. It's a mix of prose and poetry. Oh. So I'm oh. telling, yeah, I, I, it's, I actually I love it. I really do love it, and um, I love how it looks on the page because it's. Do you know? I'll tell you what it's like. Have you ever read Max Porter's "Grief Is a Thing with Feathers"? No, I don't think I have actually. It's a fabulous, fabulous book. Um, out by Faber and Faber. It's oh, it's one of my favorite books. And in his book, it's basically it's about um, a, a, a man who's who's lost his wife and, and the, the grief of that. And his two sons and a crow comes to visit the house and uh, the crow kind of helps them process the grief. So um, mine is it's that's kind of the format in the sense that, well, it's about it's about a man in his 60s. And in his case, it's he thinks there's jackdaws talking to him now I, I use the Irish for ja- the Irish word for jackdaws which is cog so it's got Irish in it and it's got a bit of mythology in it and uh, it's, it's it's this man's story but he's he's a man child so it's sad but um it's told in a kind of a funny kind of a way and there's kind of an innocence to to his voice in it and it's just yeah I had I think it's my best work today it's definitely my favorite um, so I, as I said, I'm not sure yet what I'm going to do with it, but it's there and it's written, and uh, so yeah. So I'm yeah yeah. So which I, he's just a gorgeous character. The, the I'm just the re- just reading up on this now to speak. Up. It does sound a fascinating book. Certainly, I'm going to certainly. Mm. I'm going to think I'll have to order this afterwards. So <laughs> so we might compare notes on that in the future. I'm definitely so yeah <laughs> for that one. So that yeah. sounds excellent idea. So straight away now, if people want to find out more about you, to conclude. Where are the best going? I'm all over the place, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I, can t- I can tell. <laughs> uh, but to be more specific, to be more okay. So my my website is um andwdonnelly.com. So that's A-N-N-E-W-D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y.com. That's my my website. And um, of course I'm on Twitter as well, and what and and W Donnelly and Facebook and Watch Donnelly. So um, yeah, if you Google me, I've I've done that thing where I, you know, you Google yourself to see how, how wonderful you are. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I'm completely. there. I'm all over the place. <laughs> now I <laughs> have found poems out there. <laughs> I have found the pre-order. Obviously, time this podcast goes live, the order. Oh yes, you, you need yeah, book. You yeah, I found that on Amazon, so I presume it's on all good, all good. I always say good and evil booksellers. Yeah, things, isn't it? depository so. Amazon, fly in the wall, obviously as well. Um, yeah, fly in the wall. My publishers. Uh, website as well obviously and my own so yeah so yeah yeah it's um yeah it's it's kind of easy enough to find me brilliant <laughs> okay then we'll wrap up this bit now and let you get composed and you know you're gonna do a few poems in a minute or two 
hang around, everybody. Thank you again for this answer. It's been a pleasure today. I've really enjoyed this. <laughs> so, we'll see you in a minute. Spoken, mate. Hi, guys. Okie dokie. Straight over to Anne. She's going to do a selection of poems for us. Over to you, Anne. Great. Thanks, Andy. Okay, so I'm going to read poems from my from the new collection coming out in, in May. Odd as F asterisk CK. Um, and the first poem I want, I want to read, it's actually, we're talking about my daughter, Hannah, earlier. And this poem is for Hannah. Um, and it's called, How Did You Know? And this, this poem came about because I, I went through a very, a very dark period in 2016. Uh, I was quite depressed and um, I, I, yeah, I had some suicidal thoughts. Hope doesn't, doesn't trigger anybody, but anyway. Um, so it, it, it was the love for my kids that, that kept me alive basically. And one day she actually said to me, she's about 12 at the time, and she just said to me, ma'am, like, you know, uh, my life would be screwed if he died. So, and it really, it really um, hit home. So, so this poem I've written for Hannah because it's, it's uh, it, you know, she's one of the reasons why I'm still alive, basically. So it's called, How Did You Know? Ma'am, don't die on me while I'm gone. Your words, octopus tentacles that twist around my neural pathways. Your father revs his van in the driveway. I wave goodbye, shut the front door, slump to the hall floor. Octopus releases its ink black cloud, blinds and chokes, dark waters beckon. I fingered a note in my pocket, dream of days I could swim with eels. Lounge on a lake's bed and gaze up at Earth's ever-changing sky, no longer susceptible to its moods. More of your words surface. Ma'am, my life would be screwed if you died. I haul myself to the bathroom, shower my body, cry myself dry, watch fire flames curl my note. How did you know I loved you too much to screw up your life again? Brilliant. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that must have made, made Hannah cry when she heard, heard that one for the first time. It nearly all lumped my throat then. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually read that. The first time she heard it was at a, one of the first public readings I gave. And um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, she, yeah, it, I think it has, it has, oh, it has touched her, obviously, you know, um, possibly will touch her more as she gets older, you know, I, I would say so, rather, rather than now. Um, but yeah, but the next one is, is, I'm going to lighten the mood a bit now after that, because you need to. Possibly, <laughs> possibly, possibly. Oh, just, just a tad, just a tad. <laughs> um, yeah, this one is, um, I really enjoyed writing this poem. It was just, it just, just, it's one of those poems that just came out on the page without very little effort. And it's called My Menopausal Vagina. So yeah, I'm at that stage uh, in my life. And um, this is just pure, 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 pure being funny and kind of, it's like, 
you know, because like there, there is this thing like when you get to a certain age in life, especially for a woman, like, you know, in your 50s, well, you know, it's all downhill from here on and in and, and you know, you retire now and you don't have fun anymore and you, you know, so, and apparently, you know, apparently menopausal women are, don't, don't like sex. Well, that's kind of what we're told. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, anyway, so this is where this poem came out of. It's called My Menopausal Vagina. My menopausal vagina is the village's oldest pub. Doors wide open. She ignores medical experts who call closing time. She doesn't miss sex hormones that disappeared with dusk. She's still quite the capable host. Her party's never run dry. She doesn't feel like a forgotten World War I trench full of sludge. Prefers to think of herself as an estuary, kayakers, windsurfers and paddlers still want to explore. She delights in their enjoyment of her brackish water that leaves a salty taste on the tongue. My vagina is not a posy that will welcome a man's nose. She's ragweed, not easy to contain, liable to poison mules and asses, stupid enough to wander into her pasture for a munch, ignoring the women-only sign she has erected at her entrance. Enjoy it. Yeah, that's I'm, <laughs> as I tell Amanda and I there are frequently those sort of pieces. I'm, I'm not very really named at my market, but I think that's fantastic. That <laughs> complete contrast first piece. <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs up, definitely. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> brilliant. No, no, no. It's always I think always, I'm always a firm believer you do little sets. It's always great if you can have varying pieces, and that those two pieces is like a boxing ring, complete different sides. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, well, that's the great thing about this book is coming out that it is like there's just such, you know, there's a huge contrast in style and themes in it because you know you, I wanted to have the light as well as the dark. You know. Oh God, yeah, you certainly do with that one. Really, definitely that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's. Ah, let's see what we do next then. <laughs> oh, stop. This is kind of, yeah, this is kind of, I suppose it's, it's, um, yeah, it's kind of funny too. Well, I think it is, but anyway, and it's on the same theme of aging because I'm, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm aging. Well, we all are aging, but I'm, yeah, I'm in my mid fit, well, early 50s still, but yeah. So it's, it's that whole thing about at this stage in life, um, sometimes you've got loads of energy and you want to do loads of stuff. And then sometimes you just have no energy. You just want to lie down on the couch and knock it up again. So, um, that's where, where this poem came out of. So it's called Lioness or Labrador. Sometimes all I want is to be a lioness. Pounce on my lover. Tear at her clothes as if pulling flesh from the carcass of a fawn. Roar myself hoarse while we wrestle to be on top. And after, coated in jungle sweat, lick my lips. Sometimes all I want to be is a Labrador. Lie beside the stove, feel hands stroke my fur. Watch lazily when a mouse sneaks into the kitchen, stops in the middle of the room, looks at me watching him, nibbles at a crumb under the table and waltzes out the patio door. 
Really? I can't, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I got the plot. I love the playfulness and that. The tough and the title's fantastic. Yeah. Lioness of Labrador, because that's again just two complete wild opposites. No, it's brilliant. I've yeah. really enjoyed yeah, that. That's the, yeah, the, the kind of, you know, you can be full of sexual energy one minute and then the next minute you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, 40, I'm 49 in a couple of weeks' time, so I know exactly what you mean there. <laughs> like it was yeah. some days so I just can't even get out of bed, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. okay. So I'm just wondering what else to read now, to be honest. Um, yeah, maybe maybe I'll read one of the ones, um, one of the poems that I have about where there's someone, where there's an animal talking to me. Because it's, mm. it's a funny one again. So Really? Um, yeah, I think, I'll read, I think I'll read one of those. And this one is, actually, I I, um, I don't know if you know Martina Evans, who's an Irish poet. Wonderful I've heard, poet. I've heard the name, I've heard the name yeah. Oh, she's, she has a new book out now called American Mules, which I've just got, and it's fabulous. But I love her stuff. But um, she, she wrote a poem about where her cat talks to her. And um, so that, that inspired 10 poems that are in this collection, her, her poem about the cat. So in this poem I want to read, it's, um, it's where I imagine a mouse in my daughter's bedroom is talking to me. Okay, so, so it's the it's called mouse, but it's like it's the day, it's the day the mouse in my daughter's bedroom talked to me. There's no mouse in her bedroom, as far as I know. I hope to God there's not. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, pure fiction. Anyway, here we go. So, mouse, do you have any idea what a fabulous daughter you have? Said the mouse, as I waded through the mound of clothes on the bedroom floor. I don't know why you're always giving out to her for leaving half full mugs of hot chocolate on her dressing table. I'm rather partial to a sip of cold hot chocolate. And we do a fine feast on the scraps of blueberry muffins. Though we might be getting a bit plump from all the sugar. I was only saying to the wife the other day that she might have to go on a diet. But she would get great entertainment watching her do, do her makeup. Do you realise what a talented artist she is? All you seem to do is give out about the dirty towels and makeup pads she leaves in the bathroom. Though I could make your hair stand on end if I told you about the hour-long conversation she has FaceTiming her pals. Ah no, couldn't do that to her and you're better off not knowing anyway. But tell me, who's this Shane lad? He seems to be popping up on her Snapchat a lot lately. Sent her 10 heart emojis yesterday. And that wasn't lipstick that was on her neck after the disco last Friday night. I'm going to town to get a mousetrap later, I said. Ah, you wouldn't want to do that to the poor books, Willie. That'd break her heart altogether. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I love the playfulness of your words there. <laughs> That's just so playful. Yeah, she, she, Hannah loved that one. She's like, she read it, she's like, eyes up to heaven, like, oh, man. <laughs> well, it's a big, a big help for you, definitely, if your daughter actually liking them. Like, it was my yeah. philosophy. If yeah. you've been cringing under the bed, it might be time to look at everything in a different direction. <laughs> yeah, well, she said, she said to me, she said to me recently one day, she said, ma'am, you said, you know, you're not, you're not your normal, basic, bog-standard mother, and you're definitely not like any of my friend's mothers. <laughs> <laughs> no, you sound like said, you were definitely a one-off. a compliment, Hannah. <laughs> 
She, and she loves you. She loves you for it as well, no doubt as well. It makes it more uh, yeah, fun. I, that, yeah, I'd say she does. She, she wouldn't admit that, but I'd say she does. Oh yeah, well, I'll read one more. I read, I read yeah, one more. please, please, yeah, please, love one more. Uh, yeah, this is this is the last poem in the collection, and um, it's um, it was inspired by Emily. Emily Dickinson has a lovely poem called "Hope Is a Thing with Feathers," and uh, a lovely, lovely, gorgeous poem, and. It was it was that that inspired this poem, and it's 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 an uplifting poem. And I wrote it, I'm trying to remember when I wrote it, but I I remember when I wrote it, I was remembering back to when I left my marriage, and I can remember the particular day I left um, my, my my marriage, that you know our home and, and whatever else, and what was in my mind the whole time was enough is enough. In other words, that it had come to the stage in a marriage where I just couldn't take anymore. And it was that line, enough is enough. So I wrote this poem about that, that journey that, you know, there's, there comes a time when you have to make a choice. Are you going to stay in, in, a, in, a, in a toxic situation or are you just going to go and whatever affect the consequences, just go and, and hope, you know, grasp hope and, 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 and hope that, that, you know, you, you will survive and that you'll thrive. Uh, so anyway, uh, this is a, a very long-winded introduction to this poem, but anyway, it's called Signet. And uh, yeah, it's about grasping hope. So here it is, Signet. Listen to your Signet whisper. Enough is enough. Grasp Emily's hope with feathers. Wade through the wooded swamp, knee-deep in dank muck. Grab a downy birch branch and rise. Cut the curly-leaved water weed that litters your scion lake, threatening to pull you under. Skitter along the lake's surface until you have enough speed to lift your feet. Then soar. Fantastic. And a great, it's like, oh, it's a great way of finishing off that. It's a really good piece of, to finish off with. It's like it, you've changed gears again. Then that's brilliant. It's been a fantastic session. I've really, really enjoyed this today, Anne. Thank you very much for this. Me too. <laughs> yeah, always, loved it. Yeah, it's been great fun. It's definitely, we're getting on board again. For you. Hopefully, when this new book comes out in a couple of years' time, then definitely so. I'm up for that one, so straight away. So, well, anyway, I'm, hang around. I need to speak to you off mic anyway, so. Well, thank you again for today. It's been a pleasure, a pleasure. Really has been so. Thanks, Andy. As Don Callas at Impact Wrestling says, says everybody, stay safe and stay over, and we'll see you all soon. Spoken, mate.